I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me this week. We really appreciate it. Give a big shout out to our sponsors, uh, Badger Breaks over at BadgerBreaks.com, Dynasty Breaks at DynastyBreaks.com, and Pastime Marketplace Online, where uh, they have beautiful card cases to help you protect your graded cards. Um, thank you so much for being uh, a part of the show and keeping the show free for our listeners. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, thanks for stepping up and being part of the team. Let's talk about the hobby, guys. Big big things going on in the hobby this week. Uh but before we get all to that, uh, I got new products, new pricing to talk about. Uh, new pricing. Contenders Draft Picks Basketball is now priced for you, and National Treasures Baseball is priced for you as well. Make sure you go check that out. And I, I mentioned this last week, but I wanted to uh, say it again, is uh, also Tim Hortons. I believe I, I, maybe I did mention it. Maybe I said that it was like the hottest selling thing out there right now, and it really is. But uh, Upper Deck Tim Hortons is now priced for you as well. Uh, you You Canadian guys up there. Are having a, a fun with that? <laughs> That's like the hottest card on the. Those are the hottest cards on the market. The the franchise duo cards are are nuts, but uh, in the hockey world. So uh, all that's priced for you now in your uh, Beckett Online price guide. So go check it out, or you can wait for the magazine to come out. Either way you like, but I highly encourage you to go pick up a subscription to the Beckett Online price guide, uh, where you get you will get the most up to date information uh, concerning values of your cards. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it right there on the new pricing uh, side of things. Uh, had a couple of more things that didn't get quite done this week, but that's cool. Let's talk about new products. Uh, big week, new products-wise. Uh, I don't know how else to say. Why am I saying uh so much, first of all? I don't know how much to say this, but uh, it's 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 just a big week because we have 2019 Panini Prism Football is out for you. If you love parallels, and, uh, and I'm going to get upset with myself because I keep saying uh if you if you love parallels, if you love uh, a lot of things to chase, this is your this is your product. Of course you got twenty nineteen Leaf Autograph football jersey edition is out. Two thousand nineteen Tops Triple Dreads baseball, huge, huge product, obviously. Two thousand nineteen Super Break one time heavy hitters edition, series two. And then the biggest of all is uh two thousand eighteen nineteen Upper Deck the Cup Hockey tins are not out now out. Look forward to breaking one of those later on this week, and I may or may not bring be bringing one to Toronto for the expo. Look, gonna be a lot of fun with that. Last time we brought up a case of the, uh, a case, a box of that, a tin of that. Somebody pulled a Sidney Crosby autograph. So, yeah, 2019 tops art of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Factory set is out. That's a that's a fun set, you know. If you love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which, if you're listening to the show and you're about my age and that you know that 35 to 45 uh, age range, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles probably a very integral part of your childhood. DC comic book bombshells is out uh, with the albums series three and then the trading cards as well. I know that we got a box of that to break. Fun little addition to that is the little uh, the little pop that they have in there to uh, go along with the set. Now, let's talk about the week in the hobby as Zion Williamson is out until Christmas. We saw this coming, right? Uh, there were 
there were voices in the hobby who who tried to tell you to like hold off, wait a minute. And this is really exciting for the hobby because it's it's big news and Zion coming in is gonna gonna push the market for the next year, hopefully, and then he's out till Christmas. What do you do now? Kentucky Cards was in the office this week and he had a beautiful one of one pull that he pulled and it was a I believe it was a RJ Barrett and a Zion Williamson one on one dual auto. Uh and <laughs> He gets it graded the morning they announce that he's that Zion is out till Christmas. What a kick in the you, you kick in the sack! It is horrible. What do you do with that at this point now? What do you uh, let me know? What do you think? What do you do? Do you sell now and you know, hope that it, uh, it, it it you can get the best price for it as possible? Do you wait until Christmas, knowing that other products are going to come out with him in a professional uniform and the value of your your one-on-one college uni might go down a little bit on the secondary market i i don't know what you do the good thing is, is it got graded it's a high grade and uh the autographs are good uh they're they're, they're high grades too so it's that's got that's got to going in a positive direction however the conundrum about what to do because of because of just circumstances, you know, he's out. He's out until Christmas. It's college uniforms. There's going to be professional uniform card coming out. Cards coming out, obviously, very soon. That uh, you're going to have to, you know, deal with. I don't know what you do, Kentucky cards. I don't know what you do, but uh, it was. I didn't see you personally in the office, but I know you were here. I saw your feed. I just couldn't get down here to introduce myself. But uh, one congratulations on the pool. It's a big pool. And congratulations on your grade and, and uh, you know, looking forward to see what you're doing with it on the secondary market. Tough time to be you right now, man. Tough time to be any Zion Williamson uh, autograph holder, I guess, because of um, his his knee. And there were again, there were voices in the hobby that told you this dude is, you know, this dude is Greg Oden. This dude is, is Blake Griffin. And, you know, he can't dribble and he can't shoot and, uh, you know, ease down on the hype and there there are those guys that said that and there are those guys that that just ignored that and went forward with the hobby train and asked for ninety thousand dollars on a on an autograph those are those guys too um i don't i don't think he's greg odin i don't think he's blake griffin i i he's gonna he's gonna be able to uh hopefully drive the hobby for a little bit those which things that neither one of those guys could do but you got to be a little bit concerned. You got to be a little bit concerned because if you're not, I think you're putting your hope. It's going to be a bubble, and I've, it's kind of tough. Also, seen it said that you know this is the beginning of the new junk era, and I don't think that's the case either. But it's out there, and if you want to, if you want to listen to that opinion, you can. Obviously, you can. So, a lot of a lot of talk going on around Zion, and there should be because now it's a concerning issue with him out until Christmas. Another thing that happened this week is uh, COMC changed the return policy, and the hobby blew up about this. I I don't use COMC, so I don't I don't know, but this seems to be in line with other return policies across you know across the board. So I don't see why everybody got so damn upset about it, especially with from what I see on there, a lot of what moves is just low end cards anyway. So. I don't know why you're why you're so upset, especially if it falls in line with pretty much everything else that's going on uh, concerning return policies. 
But there are people out there that blew up about it. So congratulations for uh, having having that live rent free in your head. That's a a good day, I guess, for you. That's I don't know. I, I just got bigger things to worry about than a return policy. However, I can I understand. I guess I understand why a sudden change. You know, people don't like change. I get it. So I get that part. Ah, you know, it is what it is. Just yeah, yeah. It it in the long run does it really affect anything that you do? Just asking. Like, does it really play? I mean, if you're using COMC and making a living doing that, I guess I guess it could. But if you're just a normal everyday trader, you know, buyer, I think there's pro- there's probably bigger things to worry about. But that's just my opinion. You know, I'm. You can take that for what you will. I don't know why I'm getting so worked up about that myself right now, thinking about it as it's living rent-free in my head. All right, we'll move on. All right, this week's uh, show, we're talking to Wes Moore. He is a pancake pancake king of cards on Twitter. He is working on the 1998 Topps WCW NWO autograph set as Slamoween rolls on. Uh, speaking of Slamoween, congratulations to all our winners so far. And uh, we've got a couple more weeks here rolling out to where we'll have uh, some more wrestling-centric giveaways. But thanks to those guys who have been participating and being a part of the uh, the giveaways. But we got Wes coming on. We're talking this, WW, this WCW NWO set. With, uh, the checklist is kind of like a who's who of the Monday Night Wars. And so that that's fun to see. And then his his progress on it. Names that he's looking for, don't don't forget to, to listen for that so you can hopefully help him out there. His random acts of kindness and his, his take on random acts of kindness. And, of course, as the name suggests, we're talking pancakes as well because he is the pancake king of cards, which, by the way, would be a great wrestling uh, tag team name or pancake kings, you know, or, or a band. With that being said, i got to let you know that going into it, uh, there were a couple of spots in the audio that – the uh, my system glitched, and you might like he's talking about something, and then it, the the system glitches, and uh, we we might probably pick up like maybe a minute, minute and a half later. I noticed it in the production, like as I was as I was uh, recording it, and there was m- nothing much I could do about it because it was after the fact. So if you hear that in the in the interview, that's what happened. I'm just letting you know going in. Sorry about that. But it's a fun interview. Wes is a fun guy. You might notice that little southern twang as he's from Decatur, Alabama. So uh, if you, as he said, I don't think you'll need subtitles. But uh, if you do, just know that it's because we're southern boys and we're talking wrestling, wrestling, and that tends to come out sometimes when we're, when one a southern boy talks wrestling. All right, we're just gonna get right to that. Just the one interview this week. I hope you guys enjoy it. Want to give a shout out again to my uh, sponsors, Pastime Marketplace, with uh, their wonderful uh, graded card cases, Badger Breaks, and of course Dynasty Dynasty Breaks. How about those Dynasty Breaks? Hit us on the, hit other nights. Some big cards this week. Uh, that one of one Derek Jeter was really nice to see. Make sure you're checking out both Badger Breaks and Dynasty Breaks. New customers get five dollars off, uh, and make sure that you tell them that the Fat Pack sent you. We'll get to the interviews uh, on the other side of this break or the interview on the other side of this break. And I want to again just thank everybody for uh, joining me. I really appreciate it. You guys hang tight. 
and we'll be right back. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to the Fat Pack. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break, hanging out this week uh, with my uh, new friend, the Pancake King of Cards, Mr. Wes Moore from Alabama. We're talking wrestling uh, as we roll along with Slamoween. About to wrap up with Slamoween, but uh, excited to have Wes here with me. He's got a he's got, he's working on a, a, a 1998 99 tops WW I'm sorry WCW NWO autograph set, which is really cool. But uh, just wrestling wrestling fun in, in general here this week. Wes, how you doing? Doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, man. I can hear that southern twang in your in your uh, in your accent there. So uh, tells me that you are probably a pure wrestling fan because any good wrestling southern wrestling fan has that twang and that draw. Yeah, there there's no doubt about it. It's definitely a draw. I hope uh, you don't need subtitles <laughs> for your listeners. Uh, no, we're not going to hit you with any hard questions or anything. So. Uh, uh, you, you'll be all right. So let's let's talk about just your experience in the hobby before we get to the set you're working on. Uh, how how long have you been involved in the hobby, collecting you know, as a, as an enthusiast, and kind of what brought you into it? So actually, I started. Um, I'm 40, and I started collecting when I was about seven years old, and it was actually just being out with my dad, going to flea markets and stuff like that, and. Um, I liked baseball, and cards were everywhere then, and uh, just started out 87 Tops is really the first set that I ever bought a pack of, and just kind of went from there, so been collecting for, I guess, about 32 years, somewhere there. 87 Tops, we're just going to rename this podcast 87 Tops, because just about every guest that I have on is is right there in the in the forty year old range, and eighty seven top seems to be the set. Now, my my everybody who listens to this show knows that my favorite card is the eighty seven Bo Jackson uh, from from the top set. What about you? What's your favorite card in the set? So my favorite card in the set is actually Gary Reedus. <laughs> okay, um, Gary Reedus is a guy that that is from Decatur, Alabama, very close to where I grew up, and. Uh, Got to meet him a couple of times as a kid, and he's a uh, hometown guy for me, super nice guy, um, and uh, that's actually my favorite card, Phillies, Gary Reedus. There you go. I think it's 42, maybe. Now, let me ask you, being being right there in Alabama, I know that uh, you're not directly in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, but there's a lot of Braves. There's a big Braves contingency there. Are you a Braves fan uh, by nature, or do you, do you root for another baseball team? I am a Braves fan. I, I'm kind of kind of embarrassed to say that at times, but yeah, <laughs> definitely a Braves fan. So they had a nice little push there towards the end of the season and into the postseason, and um, they you know they look set up for for the next few years. Hopefully, uh, no one is holding Ronald Acuna's mistakes over his head, and he can let go of those demons. But uh, you know, being a Braves fan isn't a bad thing right now. The, Obviously, in the '90s, you had the pitchers that everybody was all over, but now I think there's some young hitters that that you can get behind and be excited about. Yeah, I think the future is definitely bright. I mean, um, all the guys they've got, all the young hitters they've got, some of the pitching's finally starting to to emerge with the young guys with Soroka. So, 
I mean, I think it's it's probably going to be a pretty good time for the next five or ten years. I think so too. I think so too. All right, let's get into this. Uh, let's just talk a little bit of wrestling. Uh, first, want to give a, sh- a shout out to. Uh, show regular and, and, and friend Ken Kinsley because he actually pointed you out. He pointed your account out to me and said, Hey, if you're still looking for wrestling guests, um, this might be a, might be a good get for you. So I reached out, we made this work and, uh, had to change, change the time on you a few times, but we're here today getting this done. And I'm really excited about that. Let's talk wrestling. Tell me where your wrestling, uh, origins are. Where, where, do you start with Jim Crockett Promotions? Do you start with the AWA, uh, the NWA? How, where does that start? In the South, I'm going to guess it's Jim Crockett. Well, actually, actually, no. Here, when I started watching wrestling, the only things we had available were WWF on uh, on local TV. All right, and we also had Continental championship wrestling which was uh bullet bob armstrong and uh dirty dutch mantel dr tom pritchard uh so that was really the first things i saw on tv i didn't get nwa until a couple of years later i had honestly i i had completely forgotten about continental wrestling that's that's crazy uh bullet bomb armstrong who um some of my listeners may not know who that is, but I guarantee you they know who uh, the road dog Jesse James is, and he is part of that Armstrong family. And Dr. Tom Pritchard, if uh, any of you listen to uh, – Wes and I were talking offline here about uh, Conrad Thompson. If any of you listen to uh, uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, Tom Pritchard is Bruce's brother, and Bruce, of course, is brother love from the WWF. So your origins go uh, – that, that – Mid '80s, early '90s. Uh, that's a, that's a good little place to start in wrestling. Who uh, who was your guy? I mean, that's it's hard to not say Hulk Hogan from that time, from that era. But uh, tell me who your guy was then. Yeah, I'm gonna disappoint you. It was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> of course, it was. You know, I was I was eight years old, and Hulk Hogan was he was the guy for an eight year old kid. Um, I like Jake Roberts too. Of course. I was a big Jake Roberts fan, even though when I started watching, he was kind of transitioning out of being a heel, a cool heel, into being a face. But um, liked Hulk Hogan, loved Hulk Hogan, um, liked the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah, uh, Macho is uh, God. He's kind of an, enig- an enigma because he was definitely the most talented of that bunch. He was. Uh, well, he was, I believe he was drafted by the Cincinnati Reds, uh, Randy Poffo, and he um, was in their their system for a while, but you know, he became a became a, um, a full-time wrestler. And then his brother, the genius, uh, he, he's still around. And his dad, I believe, had a, had a territory for a while as well. But Macho Man is, is hard to ignore. He was, I think, he's by far the most talented. Of the three guys that you named, Macho was the most talented of that bunch. Hogan was the massive... Uh, you know, muscular giant. Uh, Jake was a what he he might not have been the greatest wrestler, but he could talk. He could he could cut a promo on you like nobody else's business. And then Macho in the ring, when he was just he was fabulous. All right, let's jump ahead a little bit though. Let's get out of your childhood and talk about this this set that you're working on. Um, tell me about how you got started working on this 1998 Tops WCW NWO set. 
I actually got started on the set long after it, it had been out. Um, I was a big fan during the Monday Night Wars. I probably leaned a little bit toward WCW, but I watched both. Uh, watched all the pay-per-views. Wasn't really that into cards during that time period. Um, and was out for a while. Came back. Started getting on some uh, message boards and some trading sites and saw some of these cards popping up in guys' lists that they had available to trade and made a trade, I'm going to say, back in the mid-2000s for a card. And um, then it was another card, and I just picked them up when I when I saw them available. Um, and after a while, I had about 10 or 15 of them, and then I started doing a little research on the set and seeing how big it was. Um, huge, huge set, big, big run over three different, three different sets that Tops did. So started doing some research and then started digging in a little bit to work on the set. It's um, this this autograph set is sadly just full of full of guys that are no longer with us um, who who have passed on, and. Um, it's like one of the names that's in it that come to mind is, is the gentleman Chris Adam Adams. There's another, you know, Chris Benoit. There's um, Eddie Guerrero. Um, I'm going to start here at the tippy top of the set because, like, you can pick these off on the secondary market probably well, you know, anywhere between fifteen and, and seventy bucks, depending on who you're looking at. Some of them a little bit more, but those those guys that have passed on. There's a premium on those. Have you found this to be like kind of a deterrent to what you're trying to put together? It it absolutely makes you rethink it at times. There's no doubt. Um, definitely the highest cards in the set are your guys that have passed on and the, you know, just superstar guys, Hogan. But the biggest resale Cards in the set are definitely uh, Kurt Hennig, Chris Benoit, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Most mm-hmm. most of those guys that that left too soon. I, I think there's, I believe there's 16 guys in the set of 101 that are 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 RIP guys. That that's that's crazy. Growing up here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And having the world class championship wrestling, and knowing that roster, and how many guys have passed on from that roster, is, is crazy. And then looking to this set specifically, seeing some of those names that were wrestling here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, like gentleman Chris Adams, and knowing that that one, honestly, I hadn't even realized that he wrestled in WCW in 1998. So one, that kind of blew my mind. But two, to know that he has an autograph. Is, is crazy too uh, because he he was a big part of my childhood. What what people may not realize about Chris Adams was when Steve Williams came into wrestling. Chris Adams was his mentor, and he's the guy that brought him in. And uh, uh, stunning Steve Williams wrestling in Dallas Fort Worth went on to become you know Steve Austin, the pro- arguably the largest name in wrestling history. So um, that I keyed in on that card in the set specifically because. He was just he's he's integral to wrestling history, especially for my life. But 
well, what people might not realize is how big he is just in general bringing Steve Williams in. And then names like Bam Bam Bigelow, who you know headlined WrestleMania 9, I believe, when he wrestled Lawrence Taylor and was really yeah. just an afterthought after that, but he shouldn't have been because the man was a beast. He was an absolute gifted athlete for a guy who was as big as he, w- he was, should not have been able to do the things that he did. Uh, and he, and he, he of course did. And he reminds me of him and Vader in the same vein. Uh, and then, you know, Ben wall with his story and, uh, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, man. It's, it's crazy. It's, I guess you really, you, as you're I'm put, trying to put myself in your position, you really got to think about who you're getting and like, and how you're going to acquire such players because it, it could be. Um, when I, when I have to, uh, but I'm more looking at the guys that don't come available very often. Of course. Yeah, that that's I guess that's that's smart. So who are some of those guys that don't pop up all that often that you see? So a lot of the ones that don't pop up that often are the non wrestlers. Okay. Um the nitro girls. I believe there were six. Six of the nitro girls in that set. Um the referees are pretty available. I think I've already made it through all the referees, but a lot of the guys that were um, enhancement guys um, don't pop up very often. I had a hard time getting a guy named Tough Tom. Oh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was um, part of a tag team called Disorderly Conduct, mainly wrestled on the Saturday night show on TBS. They occasionally were on Nitro or Thunder, but not often. That was a tough one. Lash LaRue was a tough one for me. Uh, just did, 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 did. Well, that, that makes total sense, wanting, wanting a card like that because of the family connection. Just like with me, when uh, not of, of the set, but when Kevin Von Erich had autographs in, elite, in Leaf uh, Origins Wrestling, I had to get those because you know, I had a connection there. So that makes total sense. Uh, looking at the roster, the checklist for this, you you got your huge names, obviously, but then you have the guys that you might not have ever heard of, like Tough Tom, like you mentioned. This is a really an eclectic kind of set to put together because for every you know Arn Anderson and Bobby Heenan and Chris Benoit and and Chris Jericho, you have you know Spice and Riggs and. <laughs> And, chaos. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird, but for for fans of the the Monday Night Wars and, and that time, these these names are you know don't make sense. But if you're not paying attention, it, it, it might fall it might fall deaf on your ears. But this is also a kind of crazy place to look and see a bunch of the luchadors and where you could pick up you know psychosis and and. Uh, I believe isn't isn't Rey Mysterio in this as well, and it's and Juventud is in it. Those guys are who might not have a, a lot of wrestling cards from from Mexico per se can be picked up here, and that's that's a pretty cool little add on, right? Yeah, I, I will tell you as far as it it goes with the Luchador guys, a lot of those guys put more effort into their signatures in this set than any of the big name guys. La Parca's signature is just awesome. It's most of most of the cards he signed. He did a doodle on there. The Psychosis card. He took a lot of time 
making his signature on the cards. Um, Cyclope is in there. Silver um, King. Yes, Silver King, and and I, I believe he's now on the RIP list. Yep. Um, you know, Chavo is in there. Eddie Guerrero is in there. There, there's probably about ten guys, uh, luchadors that are in there, and some of those are not easy cars to get. I want to point out another name that would fit here in the luchador category, category but um, more importantly, probably in the uh, in the Japanese realm, is Ultimo Dragon. And Absolutely. that's just a name you just don't see on autographs a lot, uh, you know, unless you're really really lucky. That's a that's got to be a crazy card to to pick up. Have you chase? Are you chasing that one? Have you or do you have you already added it to your collection? I do not have the Ultimo Dragon card. I have been close, but not been able to to swing a trade for it. I I did get the Sunny Ono card. Okay. Um, which is is right there. Doesn't show up a lot, and a lot of his cards. The thing about this set to me that makes it even more you know exciting to chase is some of these cards never got signed right or got signed in much lower quantities um sonny ono is one of those a lot of his cards did not get signed but still got released into the products some of the guys messed up and signed in different spots on the card i've, I've seen some that were signed on the back and then there's a list of eight cards that they say were never even released into the product, but they have popped up on the secondary market. Sting is in there. Uh, not Surfer Sting, but Pro Sting is in there. Uh, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth are two that are huge, hard-to-get cards, and both of them I remember, um, you know, being huge parts of the stories when I was a kid. So... Someday I'll have both of those, but both are very pricey. Yeah, absolutely. They're 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 kind of high. Uh, re- reading through the reading through the names, um, there's one name that stands out to me above all others that I've just heard lots of stories about, and it, it sparks interest because of that. Is is Ming, and uh, yeah. Ming is is a name that if you listen to wrestlers talk. They will tell you that Ming was the toughest son of a gun ever to get in the ring, and that's that's crazy to me. So I would love I would love an autograph of somebody that that wrestler other wrestlers really uh, really like to talk about. So Ming is a name on there, and then the other one that I really like, and he was a bit character, and he was kind of a a talent enhancement guy, and then he found his his role in um, in the hardcore division. Which was uh, screaming Norman Smiley, and that's a, mm-hmm. as a kid, Norman Smiley was a great act, man. He it was fun. He was almost hard to follow because he'd put he did put on such great shows with Ralphus and uh, as his security, and uh, you know af- after Ralphus left Y two J, and uh, he became Norman security. But those two names are, are fun for me that I would absolutely want to want to get. And then I see a bunch of names like Ernest Miller and Fit Finley and, and Disciple and and. Uh, Vincent, this, Glacier. yeah, Glacier. 
they, these are all guys that I just know from from enjoying the product. This is a fun little set. Uh, Want to note here that these fall about one in forty hobby packs. So uh, some of the odds are a little bit higher, and they're broke down into three different little uh, little tiers, four tiers. Uh, the tops the the tops NW, WCW NWO autograph checklist. That's just the basic ones. There's there's the embossed ones. Um, there are the nitro versions, and then there's the little eight eight guys that were not released. So if you're looking for these now that you're hearing about them, about them, just know that they come in uh, different different uh, iterations. I guess it's hard is is easier to say. Now, with that being said. Do you find, as you're looking for these on the secondary market, uh, a a higher ask price, or is, are they all pretty much about the same with uh, with the odds? Oh no, I, I think as far as the odds go, they're pretty much the same as far as how they sell. I've never seen anything that talked about specific odds for specific guys. What really drives the price on these is the popularity um, and the 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 guys that are not with us, sure. Most of those demand a big premium. Hogan Hogan obviously has to be like the highest right now. I would I would guess, and then names like uh, Chris Jericho, Breath of Hitman Hart, uh, maybe Diamond Dallas Page to some extent. I think Living the, those are probably guys that are the most expensive. Would is that true, or would you find uh, would you find evidence for other to to speak otherwise? No, I think you're dead on. I mean, usually the ones that I see of guys that are still with us, it's it's Hogan, it's Goldberg. Um, Goldberg is one that commands a lot of money out there. Sting, um, Sting, surprisingly, not that hard to get, but um, those are probably your big name guys. Hall and Nash are not easy to to come by. Luger. A little less so, but Luger still commands good money. Um, so that's probably your main guys. There's the Giant mm-hmm. is a, is another one, but you know you you start getting past those guys and looking at at the folks that are on the RIP list, it it really gets pricey. Absolutely, I can. I can totally see that uh, being the case. Now, uh, I you, you brought up two names that I want to talk about: uh, Hall and Nash, the the founders of the NWO. Is from from a guy who who loved the Monday Night Wars, and and, and I'm I'm going to just assume loved the NWO because you had to. Oh yeah. Are, are those guys? Are there a premium on those on Hall and Nash because they are the founders of the NWO? I know that this is ninety eight and ninety nine, so it's it's two years, three years removed from that. But uh, nineteen ninety six, the summer of nineteen ninety six was like the greatest thing ever if you were a wrestling fan. So, it uh, <laughs> are those guys? Are there a premium on them? Do you, you think that people are placing a premium on them because of how important they are to this era? I do. I do. I, I think that there's definitely um, a nostalgia factor there. I mean, the second set that these cards came out was a co-branded set, NWO, WCW. And that's where a lot of the NWO cards were. And even some of the uh, guys in the NWO that were not Hall and Nash level made it in the set. Um, Vincent is yeah. in the set. Um also known as Virgil, and uh, Brian Adams was in the set as a uh, featured as an NWO guy. 
So I definitely think there's a, there's a little bit of a factor there for the NWO wrestlers. Awesome. I, I, I just the research that I did on it. I, I think so too. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap this up and, and and start talking about some of your random acts of kindness. Uh, tell me how this started, because uh, that's uh, that's a big part of your 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 Twitter feed. So tell me what that's about. So the the last time that that I came back to the hobby, um, I kind of decided I was just going to focus on trading and and trying to find things that that. I, you know, needed for my personal collection. And in the process of doing that, I kind of discovered that it was just as much fun for me to find stuff for guys that I traded with as it was to find stuff for me. So, and as the years have gone by, it's really more fun for me to find something that I know somebody else might be looking for. And even more fun than that is just having it show up at their house when they have no idea that it's coming. Sure. Um, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty cool deal. I've had it happen to me where I would just come home and one of my, one of my trading buddies would send me something. And a lot of times, you know, world, world sucks, you know, work sucks sometimes, but. You know, just the the small things can sometimes make it better. So that's kind of how I started. And um, I blogged for years, and a lot of that blog was around, you know, sending stuff out to folks. And and that's pretty much almost all I do on Twitter is just the uh, random act of kindness stuff and keeping up with, you know, a group of guys that are also into doing the same kind of deal and um, networking and and learning about what people collect and um, and just giving them a surprise every now and then. It makes makes me happy, makes the hobby better for me. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Um, we're all about, you know, keeping things positive and, and helping people out here. And uh, Random Acts of Kindness are, are great to see. It's cool when a, when a company like Upper Deck does it because they they send out great little great packages to uh, you know to whoever for for random acts of kindness. But to break it down on a on a personal level, when it's it's uh, you know trading partners or or you know just somebody you you notice might need a pickup or whatever, that's even cooler because uh, you know it it shows that you're taking time to one notice and pay attention, and two um, you know you might not know them. But it's still cool that you're being able to uh, help facilitate a better day, hopefully, for someone. So random acts of kindness are really great. In fact, I got one I want to shout out this week. Uh, my buddy Chris Gilmore, he sent me a uh, Ricky Henderson Tops rookie uh, out of the blue. That was awesome. Thank you, uh, Chris, yeah. for, for doing that. I really appreciate that. But just random acts of kindness in general are are really cool. And, um, of course, they're really cool. That's what That's what they're meant to be. But... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of becoming a, a way that the hobby is recognized, uh, you know, people who they can help in, in a way that's not just tearing pe- people down. So that's, that's really good for everybody involved in the hobby. So shout out to you for, for doing random acts of kindness and, uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Cause that's, that's really great. Now, Thanks. um, I got to ask you about the pancakes, uh, because that is also part of your Twitter feed. Tell me about the pancakes. So, so the pancake king is, uh, 
You know, it probably ties in with the wrestling a little bit. So the Pancake King was a persona that I adopted uh, a while back. I decided that I was going to try to interject some mystery into the whole uh, random act of kindness deal. And um, I just kind of sitting around trying to come up with a with a name, and I was eating pancakes the day that I was thinking about it. And uh, I said I could just be the Pancake King. And uh, so that's what I decided on. And then I said, you know, I could I could just send these send these without a return address. And I started thinking it through more, and I was like, no, you know, a lot of these folks know where I live. So it kind of became a mystery thing. I had the cards made up that I send out with the random acts uh, packages. And for a while, nobody knew uh, who the Pancake King was. It was kind of a funny thing on Twitter for for a couple of months. And um, eventually, somebody just straight up busted me. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> in DMs and said, Hey, I, I, I know this is you. I can tell your handwriting. And I was like, well, crap. Okay. <laughs> so, but you know, it's fun. So I just, I, I, I'll just stick with it. I mean, pancake King's fun. We need, we need as much fun as we can get in the hobby. So we certainly do, which is going to bring me to my next question. Best pancakes indicator. Where, where are they at? Uh, the best pancakes in Decatur are actually in IHOP. Really? There's not a whole lot of selection in Decatur, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say Mama's Kitchen then or something, you know, something like that. Oh, man, I hope my mom's not listening. She'll be real mad. She I- makes great pancakes, too. <laughs> so uh, pancakes are, are uh, a staple in the Norton household. However, I will be controversial here and say I'm more of a fan of the waffle. And Ooh. that is because they have syrup receptacles. Just want, just think about that. They have little pockets to hold your syrup in. Where pancakes, it just runs all over the place. The waffle has a a a a, a, a better syrup, if you will. So that is it's a hot take. Hot yeah, take. that is a real hot take, right? Right here on the Fat Packs podcast. That's what you get: pancakes versus waffles talk. When you're talking to the Pancake King, that's a good wrestling name too, or a good band name, the Pancake Kings, or uh, you know, as a tag team, the Pancake Kings. That'd be good. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's better than Ding Dongs or <laughs> you know, High Energy or something like that. Right. Or Three MB. I don't think we need to talk about Three MB, but there you go. Uh, all right, uh, I've I've kept you on the phone a while, so I want to I want to be a respecter of your time. But before we get out of here, a uh, couple of things: what's on your want list? Like, what's on your high want list right now for this uh, for the set you're working on? Give me your, your top three names. Okay, so I would say the top three guys that that I'm looking for, wanting to make a deal for right now, are the Kurt Hennig, um, Eddie Guerrero, and the Hogan. Okay. Just the three biggest names. All right, that's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's uh, those are those are going to be tough to come by. But guys, if you're listening and you hear this, you want to reach out to him. Uh, make sure you hit him up on his on his Twitter page. Uh, I'm sure Wes will will be very thankful for that. But you can go head over to Twitter and hit look for uh, Real Wes Moore at Real Wes Moore. 
uh, you will find the Pancake King of Cards where you can follow his uh, great progression on this 1998 Topps WCW NWO set uh, that he's working on. And uh, enjoy that. Enjoy the random acts of kindness. And, of course, uh, enjoy his feed just in general. Uh, Wes, do you have any other social media that you would like to plug? Maybe a blog or, or a Facebook page or anything like that? No, sir. I'm purely a Twitter guy at this point. So that's that's where you can find me. All right, guys, go find him there. Remember, he's looking for Henning, uh, Hogan, and what was the third one? I forgot it already. Latino Heat. Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero. You lie, you cheat, you steal. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me this week on the Fat Packs Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Wes, for jumping on. You guys hang tight, and we'll be back next week. And until then, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. Drake.